reading with finest. Oh, I think this is like 35th day. Today I did not feel like it. I tell you what, I looked at the pages. I was like, it's a long story. It's like seven pages. And then the commentary is like two pages. It's like nine pages. It's like 10 pages of reading in one sitting. Who am I? Someone on Adderall? I'm not. I'm just an average person. Sober. Reading. Reading with finest. That's me. Finest. I'm reading with you. Um, but you know what? I thought about the readings that I have been doing in this book and staying disciplined and loyal and true and having that vision of what you want in, in your mind and working towards it um, is what got me going and got me up to read to you. And that's what I'll keep doing until that feeling wanes away. And then I'll be back again because that is how I be. All right, follow me at Finest. This is the art story of Finest becoming a uh, illustrator, storyteller, something. We shall see. I don't even know what I'm going to become, but we said that before. I'm already an illustrator because I do it every day. I'm a podcaster because I do it every day. I am a reader because guess what? I do that every day. I also am a walker because I walk every day and a breather. Sometimes a mouth breather. Other times a nose breather but always oxygen breathing. I'm an oxygen breather. I'm proud of myself. All right. The story today is the Naga King. Long ago, when Angie, Anja, was king of Anja and Magada, king of Magadea, the two warring kingdoms were separated by the Campa River. The great king Naga King, the great Naga King, Campia, lived with six, with his sixteen thousand subjects beneath the surface of the river of that river. In the fighting between the kingdoms of Anaga and Mag Magada, sometimes the king of Magdada won part of uh the Anga kingdom, and sometimes the king of Anga took part of the Magadha. One day, the king of Magadha, having been whoa, having been worsened in battle, fled on horseback, pursued by the warriors of Anga. He came to the river, which was running high. Behind him rode the enemy seeking his life. Better to die in the river than be vanquished by foes, he said, and urging his horse forward, he plunged into the swirling water. The serpent king, Campia, had built a magnificent jeweled pavilion on the river bottom. The riverbed was covered with gold and silver grains, fine as sand. Flame bright trees of branching Coral all hung with jewels, diamonds, rubies, emeralds, pearls grew all around. That day, the serpent king, Campia, was relaxing in splendor in his, jewel, in his jeweled pavilion. Musicians played upon instruments of crystal and gold. Naga maidens danced, swaying and turning. Suddenly, the music stopped. The maidens grew still. Looking up, Campia, king of, the, king of Nagas, 
saw a man on horseback plunge into the river and after struggling in the current come drifting slowly towards the down towards stream towards them come drifting slowly down towards them the serpent king saw nobility in the face of that man and felt an immediate liking to him for him extending his protection over horses and, and rider he allowed both to arrive safely on the river bottom rising from the his throne the great king naga king the great naga king offered the stranger his own seat saying fear nothing friend i have only your welfare in mind tell me who you are and why you have entered my realm then the king of magadha told him his troubles the serpent king Kampiya said great king do not worry i shall make your ma uh, master of both kingdoms i shall make you master of both kingdoms for six days the king magadha remained beneath the surface of the river as the guest of the naga king naga king on the seventh day he rose up again from the river's depth and with the serpent's king protection still upon him overcame the king anga so at last the constant warring ceased and as the naga king had promised the king of Maga, magadha now ruled both kingdoms in peace from that time on, there was great friendship between the human king and his friend and benefactor, the serpent king. To celebrate their friendship, the new king built a pavilion of a gold and precious jewels of gold and precious jewels on the riverbank. Each year, he offered uh, tribute there to the serpent king. And each year, the serpent king, surrounded by a great host of uh, Naga people, took human form and came out of the river to receive the offered gifts. At this time, the Buddha Hastafa was the eldest son of a poor family. Each year, he stood in the crown that gathered to view the elms giving and the return of the Naga king. Uh, one year upon seeing the Naga king's great wealth and splendor, the desire to also leave such a life arose within him. Shortly thereafter, still in, in this condition of desire, he became ill and died. Now, as it so happens, at the time, the Naga king, Kapiyo, also died. As the Buddha Hastafa had led a, a virtuous and charitable life, his mind-born desire was realized, and he came to life as the new king of the Nagas of the river Kampa. When the Buddha staff opened his eyes and saw his great glittering body stretched out along a golden couch, he thought, uh, I, have been made, I have been a man and had stored up as many good deeds as grains as of rice in a granary. Yet now I have become a mighty serpent. Though I have gained riches, I have been foolish. I have lost the path of virtue. And though... As he looked around him, he saw only splendor and magnificence. He was filled he was filled with sorrow. Then the Naga maiden Samana, seeing the Buddha style in this serpent form, cried with joy. A great god Chakra himself, it must be, has taken life among us. Rejoice in our great king and his power and beauty. Then all the Nagas came and bowing before the Buddha Hastafa, 
played such music in his honor as he had never before heard, not even in a dream. So beautiful was the music and so great their joy that his sorrow had was disappeared. Putting off his serpent form, he set on his throne in garments of splendor. Choosing the maiden Samana as his wife, the Buddhasta ruled in wisdom. One day he thought, though I now live in a, in a magnificent, though I now live in a, in magnificence as a serpent king, I am still far from the ultimate truth. Better to be a man, even a man such as such as I was, without wealth or power, and master the ways of truth, than dwell in luxury on the river bottom. This is not the true freedom. I must discipline myself and re regain a human state. Then, in order to regain a human birth, from that time on, he fasted for one day each week to discipline himself and to increase his virtue. But he found this too easy and saw a greater challenge. Then he decided that each month he would leave the river and go into the human world. There, for the time for the time of the half moon, he would maintain vows of fasting and nonviolence. No matter what happened to him, he would not raise his great strength or magical power against another. So, on the appointed day, he left the river and taking the form of a hooded serpent with a body like a pure silver lay coiled, in, coiled on an ant heap by the roadside. Let those who want my skin take it, he said. Let those who wish to find a dancing serpent to display for money in the towns find me. Let the ants bite all they wish. Though my power is great, I will harm no living thing. And lowering his hood, he lay coiled meekly in the dust. Look, all I'm saying is if you're a magical serpent, magical, not even just a, a cool ass, just strong muscle, which is just, you know, a snake is just that, it's more than just muscle. It's got, it's got bones. But... Is it just seems very strong and and, and 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 nonetheless powerful, but this one also has magical powers and was given a wife and given robes and lives on the bottom of the river. It's like SpongeBob, but a snake and a king and a cool woman with a wife. It's way better than SpongeBob. But also I understand I well no I don't. What makes being human so great? Because we've heard these stories about humans being like just like everyone else. So this serpent should just be all right, you know, with what it has going on. It has a wonderful life. Then shouldn't be looking at being a human so badly. Um, but we'll continue. But people passing by who saw the great being laying there on the ant heap didn't harm him. Instead, they offered flowers and perfumes and other and, and after a time, the village people seeing him return regularly to the ant heap each mid-month uh, built a cloth pavilion over him, spread smooth sand for him to lay on, and continued to make offerings and comfort. Once more, the Buddha staff uh, easily kept his vow. One day, Samana, his wife, said to him, My lord, the world of men is filled with treachery and danger. While you are there, Far from home, let me have some way of knowing if you are well or in distress. Then the Buddha staff led Samana to a clear pool of water in their garden beneath the river and said, Oh, Samana, look into this clear pool. If anyone should strike me, the water will become cloudy. 
if a winged guard Garuda, a winged Garuda carries me off its claws, the water will disappear um, in its claws. If it carries me off in its claws, if a snake charmer seizes me, this clear water will turn to blood. Now you shall know how I fare, though I am far, even uh, how I fare, though I am far away. Then Samana was content. Shortly after this, the Buddha staff again left the river to make his way to the anthill. At this time, a bar, barman was returning from the city of Takasala, where he had gone to learn a powerful charm. Passing through the village, that village, he heard of a great serpent and thought, I will see if my charm works on him. If it does, I will use it to make him obey me. I shall gain riches by making him dance in the villages and towns. The Barhamen gathered the necessary herbs and, repeating his charm, approached the great being. As soon as the Badahastefa heard that the charm that charm his ear, as soon as the Bodhastaf heard the charm, his ears seemed to it seemed as if pierced with splinters. His head ached as if he had been clubbed. Never had he known such a such pain. Lifting his head and flick flicking his tongue in and out, he raised his hood. But when he saw the Barhaman Barman snake charmer standing near, he thought, even my slight slightest breath could shatter his body. He does not know my power, yet I have made my vows and will not harm him. And lowering his his hood, he let his smooth, scaled head sink down once again onto the dusty earth. The Brahmin chewed a special herb and spit it onto the great serpent's head. Immediately, a fiery blister arose. Repeating his mantric charm, the Brahmin smeared his hands with the herb, took hold of the Badahastaf body, and stretched him out full length on the ground. With a a forked stick, he pinned the great being uh, great being's head, and with a club he beat him. He split more of the herb upon he spit more of the herb upon the Budhastav's mouth, so that it filled with blood. Snake, he said, you are now in my power. Do as I say, or I shall suffer. You are you shall suffer much worse. Then the then the Brahmin took hold of the serpent king and twisting his body and causing him great pain, pushed him into a basket of reeds, carrying him to the next village. He again used the charm to make the great Naga king perform. The crowd went wild, tossing jewels and coins. Though it was just a rural village, the Brahma man collected a thousand rubies. Why? Because the dance of these snakes, the dance of of the snake king was like the dance of no, of, because the dance of the of the snake king was like the dance of no snake they had ever seen. Spreading his hood, the great being moved his body with such grace and such speed that his movement seemed uh, to form circles squares lotus flowers in the in the air he moved his head so that one ten a hundred a thousand hooded heads appeared one ten a hundred a thousand flickering tongues at first the 
Brahman pl had planned to release the snake when he had earned a thousand rupees. But now, seeing how easily he might become truly rich, he thought, if I can gather such wealth in a village that could, what could I do in a town or even at some royal court? And he brought a cart loaded, and he brought a cart loaded the snake king in his basket on the cart and drove on, followed by an admiring crowd. From town to town he went, gathering much money, heading all the while towards the palace of King uh, Ugasena, who reigns, reigned then in Bernice. For all this time, the snake king refused to eat. The Brahmin killed frogs for him, but the great being thought, if I eat these frogs and ease my hunger, he will kill, he will kill more. I cannot allow it. I have, token, I have taken vows, and he would not eat. Then fried cakes and honey were given to him. But he thought, if I am tempted to eat what he offers, I will never be free. I shall be the, in this basket until I die. So again, he did not eat. Sumana, the, the, the snake king's wife, grew daily more concerned. Her lord had not returned. At last, fearful of what she might find, she went to the clear pool and peered into its depths. The pool was like a pool of blood. Then she knew that uh, that her lord had been captured by a snake charmer. At once, she set out to find him. Arriving at the ant heap, she saw it was deserted, but in the dust of the bare ground, she saw the marks of a struggle. Taking the form of a beautiful woman, like a radiant goddess, she set off through the air. Although in the fields outside of a nearby village, she heard talk of the serpent's miraculous dance and of the, snake's, of the snake charmer's journey to Bernice. Weeping now, she flew towards Bernice in the palace of the king. So this is a, a serpent... That turned into a human that is flying. I think it had been a little bit like, uh, what's the word? Uh, less like out there if you were a snake flying, because I think it'd have been easier if you're a snake flying. You know, no one noticed you, but who knows? All right. By this time, the barman had arrived at the palace of kings. Agassina. All the necessary preparations had been made for the Serpent King's dance. Galleries had been built and crowds had gathered. The king was already seated in expectation on a the king was already seated in expectation on a dais covered with fine carpets and cushions of silk. The courtyard had been spread with white sand and a fine carpet had been placed in the center. Then the barman carried a jeweled basket to the carpet, took off the lid and charmed the snake king forth. The king began, be, the, the great being began to dance, forming circles, squares and lotus flowers with, with his twinning body, twining body, making one, ten, a hundred and a thousand hooded heads appear. The crowd was ecstatic. Thousands of uh, chiefs waved in their air. Handkerchiefs, kerchiefs waved in the air. And jewel fell like rain all around the dancing serpent king. But slowly the snake king grew strangely quiet and ceased his magical dance. The crowd called dance royal 
Serpent Dance. Dance, Royal Serpent Dance. You have won our hearts. The king called. Why have you stopped, Great Snake? Dance on. You shall be well rewarded. But the Serpent King, his length held erect, only gazed solemnly up into the sky. Then the crowd looked upward, as did the barman and the king. All and all were filled with wonder. High overhead, standing all alone in the bright air, was a beautiful shining woman. A golden light radiated from her. She was weeping. It was Samina, who had found her lord at last. Then tears fell from the great being's eyes, too. And feeling shamed, he crawled into the basket where he lay hidden from sight. Yeah, I would be embarrassed if my wife came and saw me dancing for pearls and 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 um and jewels and me out there shaking and having my tongue all out and, and moving uh just moving about how how did I move again how was I moving before when you caught me I was moving one two three hundred a thousand times and all types of lotus flowers it was quite crazy I was I was doing some nasty stuff out there I'm sorry honey um, but you, you know, you saw the the pool water, and you knew. Um, then King Ugginson called. Surely you are a goddess, not human at any rate. It is your shining beauty. Tell me who you are and why you weep. Is it for rage or for sorrow? I am no goddess, answered Sumana, but a, a Naga queen. I weep for rage and for sorrow. My great lord, whose power like that of of Sharaka, king of the gods, is fierce as fire, whose single breath might destroy a province or turn your city to cinder, now dances harmlessly before you. Such is his love of goodness, and so great his vowed restraint, he will not strike to gain his freedom. His body is bruised and blistered, his sides are bony and thin, yet beneath the Campo River, 16,000 Nagas call for him, call him king. This snake charmer has taken a great lord from his own prophet, for his own prophet. He does not know what he has done, but you, O king, disorious of merit, will not set my great lord free. And hovering in the air, high over overhead, she recited this verse, justly gentle, set him free. By great king, a serpent liberty, giving gold and cattle, jewels and rings will win great stories of merit for thee. The king thought and replied, justly now and gently see, I'll buy the serpent's liberty with gold and cattle, jewels and rings to win vast stores of merit for me. And King Agassina, turning to the barman, offered him the finest bull of his herds, one hundred of his finest cows, one hundred coffeeers filled with gold and with gems and a golden throne in the form of a flax flower set with silken cushions of blue. God damn. Release these holy Naga Lord. Release this holy Naga Lord, he said, and all this shall be yours. No need, great king, said Bra Brahmin. I release the Naga Lord willingly. And he offered this verse. I want no gifts, great majesty, but release this serpent willingly. Naga Lord, please pardon me. This deed will be 
will this deed will to mer to my merit be? It better be, bro. If I had anybody blame, it was you, Snake Barhamian. I mean, at what point did you not know this thing was a fucking god? You know what I'm saying? Like dancing like that, that snake out there getting people throwing rubies and jewels and all types of crazy stuff at you. You had to know that you was blessed. Anyways, and he wasn't eating and coming out every day like that. Then he bowed before the great being who still coil in the basket. Then the serpent king came forth and crept into a flower where he put off his serpent shape and reappeared in the form of a young man arrayed in robes of shining gold. There he stood handsome as gold and Samana descending from the skies stood beside him. Indeed, all those who had come that day thinking just to just see a serpent dance found themselves well rewarded. After the king, after that, King Agasana traveled with the Buddha Hastaf and Samana in great splendor to the river, uh, to the river Kampa. One request I make before we part, great one, he said, allow me to see your palace beneath the waters. Let me enter your realm. The king Agasina and all his retinue. Descended with the Buddhasta and Samana to the river bottom. Ugasena had never seen such a magnificent and great king. Though he was, though he was, he was awed. Why, great being, he asked, did you leave such unearthly magnificent to lie on the an ant heap by a dusty roadside? This vast treasure is nothing compared with the treasure of human birth, answered the Buddha. Though human birth, full enlightenment may be realized, it is for this I would labor. As to this treasure, take it. I renounce it all. Hills of pearls, groves of flame-colored coral trees, clusters of jeweled fruit, diamonds, pearl, emeralds, rubies, sapphires, mountains of gold, lakes of silver. Take what you will and use it for good. Then he had the Nagas of his realm fill countless coffers with treasure from the king for the king Agasana, who returned rich beyond measure and strengthened in virtue to his own kingdom. The king had been given so much gold, however, that as he traveled home, the excess spilling continuously from his overlaid treasure carts stained the earth. And that is why the ground extending from the shores of the Campa River to the ancient city of Barnese remains golden color to this day. Those who know that this tale when seeing the golden earth remember the treasure of their own humanity and and dedicated themselves to virtue. So it is said. Oh, done with it. Took me 27 minutes, yo. Okay, let's go ahead and read this commentary. Um, you know, I like that story. It was okay. Um, a little long. A little hard to keep up with in the very beginning there. Probably could have cut some of that stuff off, but maybe I'm just being a millennial or something, or someone doesn't needs like TikTok type of information. Very quickly give me what I need to know. Uh... But I'm sure the details are important. And, you know, that story was kind of multi-layered. You know, there's a lot of little things to look at there and and, and how to show virtue and how to show, like, uh, he, he was a great king of being a serpent, you know. Um, but, yeah, he still went out there every day to try to serve the human race 
and serve and, and to serve people. So it's pretty cool. Gotta say, I don't don't mind that. This is an and these are the comments I'm reading. Sorry. This is an unusual and fascinating Jaquita. So many magical elements come together in in it that it reaches it it it. Elements come together in in it that it reaches startle the mind. The riches, its riches startle the mind. The Naga's wise and powerful serpent spirits are generally viewed in benign and are connected with all the Earth's water systems. They are said to live in jeweled palaces beneath the waves of the ocean, river, lakes, and streams. Kala Naga Raja. A very ancient and wise Naga even knew of the Buddha to be's impending great enlightenment. See enlightenment. There is was a there is a famous legend that says shortly after the Buddha's enlightenment, a terrible storm arose. Then the serpent king Musalada rose up out of the earth and with his huge body encircled the Buddha. Opening his great cobra hood to shelter the enlightened one from the storm, sculptures and paintings of this legendary event are especially popular throughout Southeast Asia. The seemingly innocuous conclusion to this story, and so the ground is gold even today, is traditional kind of story ending found worldwide. The point is not so much literal belief in this fascinating explanation which seems to make the whole tale simply a kind of pro quo pro quo or just so story um so much uh, as the validating of the real emotions and values brought to life through the story the conclusion returns us to literal reality yet a reality transformed when we looked at the earth we now see not just it its forms, but something of its meaning. The story's real meaning for traditional listeners then would be that having heard the story whenever we see the golden colored earth, we too naturally remember the preciousness of our own human birth, a treasure worth more than even the most vast amounts of gold and, and strife. Like the Naga King, for greater purity and wisdom, the seeming fiction of the story alters from alters the reality of our lives. This is a, the, the story and the traditional storyteller's job. This kind of ending is one of the tools of the profession. To attain human birth, which Buddhist, Buddhist, which Buddhist traditions insist is no easy task, uh, and use it well, i.e. to further develop one's wisdom and compassion. And is seen in Buddhism as the wor worthiest of all possible aims and accomplishments. There is magic in this Jaikita. The many transformations, the rising of Samana up into the air like a goddess, her rage and sorrow as, a, as she hovers, shining in the air, the beautiful and astonishing touch of that great Naga king hiding himself in a flower and then reappearing as a handsome youth gave this tale unique distinction. Also noteworthy is the immediate willingness of both King Ugasena and the Brahmin snake charmer to release the Naga King. The brief verse in the Jakita Sava describes the Naga King as 
a treasure himself, pure and tranquilized. The skin upon you was like gold inlaid with precious stones. Um, <clears throat> magical treasures filled the underwater realms of, of Magical treasure filled underwater realms appear in the mythologies of many cultures, even those as widely separated as Air Island and Japan. And the very la least, in the very least, they suggest that in the depths are riches indeed. James Hillman points out in The Dream and the Underworld that Hades or Pluto can mean riches. Kolg, the priest, an original tale of my own inspired by traditional sources makes more contemporary reference to the Naga's great and wise dwellers in the sea. There's the end of that. Good plug at the end there, Mr. Uh, Raffi Martin, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, I was reading with finest. We're going to end this up. That was really long for me. 30 minutes is too, too much. Uh, follow me at finest as the art. All right, boop, do do boop, boop, do do.